they play music as they strip you, dressing you in ritual white. You stop resisting, as you know that it's futile. You pray to God in your mind, and hoping he saves your soul. As waves crash on the rocks below, you're taken to a wooden statue. A drum beats rhythmically. It stands tall, domineering in the early morning sun. The fear that God may not save you takes a hold. You hear farm animals bleat and snort from inside the statue, and you're taken up and thrown into it. You scream, trying to save yourself, hoping they listen, but they do not, and you start to feel the heat of the roaring flames, as the sound of the Summer Isle inhabitant singing fills the air. You feel a wet sensation, and spit out a foul-tasting liquid. The goat above you has just pissed all over you. Fire engulfs you, animals shriek in pain. Have they saved their crops? You think aloud as you burn. Are you going to heaven, Sergeant Howie? Are you? I want to hear you scream. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Whatever you do. Everyone, this is Podcast of the Dead, the podcast about all things horror related, and ah, 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 ah! oh god, not the bees! Sorry, I had to get that out of the way. I had to get that out of the way soon, so uh, y'all didn't mistake the episode that you're on. Uh, uh, my name's Zach Palmer. <laughs> Sitting next to me is Isaac Wright. There you go. And joining us from the void is Chrissy Beetle. All right, lads. <laughs> uh, this week we're talking about The Wicker Man And yes, we will touch a little bit on the Nicolas Cage remake uh, But first, of course, we have to talk about some horror, horror news Oh shit, it's news, too spooky news, yeah. news. <laughs> And we have a fuck ton of news today yeah, so. this, is a, this is a good week Yeah, it's a <laughs> good week Last week, not so much This week, too much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we have some birthdays we were Linda Blair, who looked worse when she was 12 than she does now at 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, celebrated her 60th on the 22nd. And oh, yeah. are forever, forever making child's play movies. Writer and director Don Mancini turned 56 <laughs> yesterday, the 25th of January. That's all you get to do. Just child's play. It's all you get to do. <laughs> Muffled clapping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> happy birthday. We love you. Yay. <laughs> Please, Don Mancini, keep making child's play films so that we don't have to talk about the remake. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I personally, I'll, I'll go as far as to say I feel like the continued ma- making of Child's Play movies is the only reason like why we as a society have not completely imploded upon ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the only reason why anyone wants to wake up to see another day is, wait, maybe they're releasing another Child's Play movie. Okay, I guess I'll go to work. <laughs> How can you sit there and say something so controversial yet so brave? <laughs> So, in other news, in huge news, 
Uh, Clive Barker's not making one, but two series. He is doing a Books of Blood series and and a Nightbreed series. That's going to be really Which exciting. I'm really excited for because yeah. Nightbreed is amazing. Now, we should clarify, we really don't know what these are coming out on yet or anything. Yeah. He's still just in the writing stages, yeah. correct? Yeah, this is still just writing stuff. Yeah, so we don't know if it's going to be like on a streaming service or like on a network or whatever. So you're going to have to stay tuned a little bit to find out what. But yeah, that, that is really cool. Yeah. Because it, it, a series based on Barker stuff is going to be rad. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plus the books of blood stuff includes new stories. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. oh fuck yeah, then. Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't aware that it was, like, new stuff. I thought it was just, like, kind of... Yeah, it's going to be... Have. It's going to be a, a whole bunch of new stuff. Cool. And All right. I'm down. Real fucking excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only, One of the other things that I have... I, I got a couple things this week. Uh, one thing that I have is they are doing a 4K re-release uh, on Blu-ray of Pet Cemetery uh, in anticipation... Of the new film coming out, the remake of Pet Cemetery. Um, so if if you're interested in that, go pick one up. It comes out on March 26th. Mm-hmm. So get yourself a 4K of Pet Cemetery so you can just see him say "Dad is better" in like the most <laughs> pixels you've ever seen, like in more, more pixels than you ever wanted. Win in the ultimate pixels. <laughs> oh boy, I'm ready to shit my pants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm already always ready to do that. Yeah, I, was about to, I was about to say, I feel like, you know, just everyone waking is always ready to shit their pants. It's just, they just have good control. If you I'm don't shitting have my control, pants I'm right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> speaking of shit. <laughs> speaking of shit. Uh, Troma dropped the Shakespeare shitstorm trailer. Or, like, the teaser trailer. Yeah. yeah. And, oh my god... It looks so good. I cannot wait. Yes, it looks. Lloyd's, if you end up watching this, please let me come to the UK premiere. Like, <laughs> we, we, we good friends, you know? You and me, we're pals. Uh, so please, please, Lloyd. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, so, I don't know. Well, all the trauma stuff is fun. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can't fun really stuff. go wrong. You're going to have a good time, whether or not that. You're ha- you can not- have a good time and probably be offended. Yeah, I was about to say, whether or not you're happy about what you just watched is yeah. one thing, but you're going to have a good time watching it. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I appreciate Lloyd for him just keep doing it, like, continuing to do the thing that he loves. <laughs> I just appreciate Lloyd for being the person that he is, because I saw when when he did that thing on Angry Video Game Nerd, they had him on Angry Video Game Nerd. <laughs> that was, like, the only time I ever saw him, like, you know... Interacting with other people as a person on camera, but also in his own like character and everything yeah. like that, he seems off the wall as fuck and just funny oh yeah, as hell, fun as hell to be oh, around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's totally yeah, just the kind of person he is. Mm. Uh, oh, uh, Dario Argento is writing a new movie. Hell yeah. And that's about all the information we have. (laughs) We say it's heavy on news, but then we don't really have, like, the specifics, but we gave you, we gave you the jumping off point, now you know what to look for. Yeah, (laughs) we gave you the sprinkles, and we're sprinkling you with the news. (laughs) Jeffrey Coombs, aka Hobbit West, is going to play Poe in, like, an audiobook biopic about Edgar Allan Poe, which is cool. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. Anything about Poe. Yeah. He does Poe a lot on stage, so it's the perfect fit. Oh, okay, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for that. I like anything Mm Poe-related. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna just say now we're probably gonna do an episode or two on Poe. Yeah, definitely on Poe. I definitely want to... I still want to cover that shitty... 
the Raven movie, just because I know, <laughs> I know it has nothing to do with the poem at all. I want to cover <laughs> that one section from the Treehouse of Horror episode. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. I want to go over a distinct like recipe of how to grow and create laudanum so that anyone <laughs> out there that wants to be completely depressed and gothic all the time has the drug at hand to do so. <laughs> also, just purchase a whole bunch of absinthe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> purchase and drink a whole bunch of absinthe. Mm. And smoke only clothes. Oh, uh, shit, yeah, you can't forget that. Yeah, it, it, hopefully, if we have any smokers that are our listeners, they're only smoking clothes. Yeah. I, I think that we can all agree yeah. that's the only that's the only cigarette that we endorse as a whole. Because <laughs> <laughs> we love tobacco. I don't know. I'm sorry. We I don't, don't know. I call it tobacco. Yeah, don't, uh, don't smoke tobacco, anyone listening. But whatever. It's fine. We just went off on a tangent. Which, uh, it, that is being said by the only person here that actually yeah, smokes. exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh boy! Oh yeah. Well, my other, the other big news that I have this week is that they have announced and are now in production of Metroid Prime Four. Really yeah. excited. <laughs> Metroid's probably my favorite game series of all time, and Prime was a perfect realization of it in 3D. The good thing about this is they are working with Retro Studios, the Austin-based company that did the first Metroid Prime. Yeehaw. So it's gonna be. Amazing! Oh yeah, and I never played Project M. I know a lot of people had some bad, like some sour taste in their mouth over Project M when that came out, and they were like, "Oh, this ruined the franchise." Prime's always been a shining example of what's good about Metroid, and I hope they continue it. And boy, I'm just gonna have that switch in here all the time. That, that, <laughs> like, I'm just gonna have the handheld switch that's in my room. You're like, "I want to play Smash Bros." Like, no. Was it Project M? I thought they had they had one that was called Other M. Not right? Project M. Yeah, Other M. Oh, I'm other sorry. M. Yeah. Okay. Project yeah. M is Smash okay. Brothers. It's been modded by individuals <laughs> for play in a tournament setting. I apologize, but there's your there's your uh, revision for the week. I, I fucked up, but we fixed it quick. That's Here the correction go. section. You yeah. real quick. <laughs> in the vein of Freddy versus Jason, oh, yeah. we are going to have. Leprechaun versus Candyman. <laughs> but luckily, Tony Todd said no. Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of shred of dignity. Yeah, yeah. Tony Todd is a treasure. Yeah. Uh, he is. I, 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 I don't... I, I, I'm sick of versus movies. I think that played out in the early 2000s. I don't think we need to go back to that, please. So let's not do any more versus movies. Freddy versus Jason 2. Oh, I'm calling God. it. Tap well, him. no... <laughs> Bruce versus Frankenstein. That was meant Ooh. to be a thing. Really? Huh. Huh. A, a sequel to My Name is Bruce. Yeah, that's what I figured. Gotcha. I mean, they need to make a sequel to Bubba Hotep. Can we get a Bubba Hotep 2, please? The Hotepening? The ho- Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hotepener? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Hotepinator? I, we we need, <laughs> We need to stop this. I don't think this could go any good place. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's it. Uh, now it's time for the Wicker Man. You have an appointment with the Wicker Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the first time we're covering an episode that's in the intro. Song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Just realized. Huzzah! Hey! Wee! Podcast.
Okay, this week we're talking about The Wicker Man from 1973. Uh, it is quite an interesting film in the... Uh, a lot of people don't consider it a horror film, I feel like. Uh, because in... I don't get why. Uh, well, I mean, in the last third of the film is when it gets real horrific, but I think up to that point it's kind of a thriller. Well, it's a, it's a psychological... Thriller is even a strong word for it because it's it it it's and it's not subdued enough to be a character study either. Right. But you know, it really is more of an introspective experience at first, wa- watching his progression through this community and everything like that. Right. But yeah, at the end, yeah, it becomes a horror film. Oh yeah. Up until <laughs> up until that though. Oh Christ! Oh Lord! <laughs> yeah. I don't know it's, what to call it before oh then. <laughs> yeah. Like thriller seems to miss the mark, but it's not just a straight drama yeah. either, because there's a lot of like a shock, like shock value to it. Yeah. There's a lot of, especially for the time. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of in its, it, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of in its own category. Yeah. I would say, but I, I would say in in general, we would consider it a horror yeah. film. Yeah. And just as a little bit of backstory, this is just uh. Like, uh, Zach and I got on a big horror movie kick, like, about a year ago now. We tried to watch, like, every horror movie that we really wanted to watch, like, again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we just got on this huge binge. What we started it with was Wicker Man. Uh-huh. And this was the first time I had seen it. So this film has a little bit of a special place to me. Just because, just yeah. like, it's what we started out that horror binge on. And it's one of the best ones that we watched. Yeah. Uh, as far as put together, just, like, everything clicks so well in this film. So... Yeah. There's a little bit of backstory about where I'm coming from, at least, yeah. when we watched it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it was once described as the Citizen Kane of horror films. Which is a pretty high accolade, that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's bigly huge <laughs> <laughs> honor for yeah. a film to be called. Yeah, it's it's quite a thing to call a movie. Mm-hmm. The Citizen Kane of anything is, is quite a thing to call a film, yeah. considering that. I mean, sure. whether, whether you like Citizen Kane or not is, I mean, that's just basically saying it's one of the best movies ever made. Well, they're just trying to say yeah. that it did so much for, not just, the film itself might not have been the best film ever made, but it did so much for film as a whole. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that's what that, that statement means. Yes. Not so much that it was such a good movie, but that this laid the groundwork for a lot of movies that came after it. Yes. So whether yeah. you like it or not, it's important. Yes. And so here's a brief synopsis of The Wicker Man. Uh, <laughs> a, <laughs> a police officer from London uh, goes uh, to... Not London. Is it, is it not from London? I thought he was from no, London. No, he's, he's Scottish. Oh. oh, so he's from... Okay. I'd, I'd assume he was Scotland because he's Scottish. It's, it's established... I mean, uh, he could be Scottish and still be... It, like a policeman for London, but when I was talking about True. this earlier, I, I I did I did notice that it, it is ambiguous about where he's actually from, but it is understood that he is from a city, that he's from an mm. urban area. You know what I mean? He's he's not from the countryside, and so him going to this place is very much a juxtaposition. A policeman from the city <laughs> of some sort in Britain. Uh, in, in of, yeah. A city somewhere in Britain comes to the uh, relatively remote village island of Summers Isle, uh, and this is a an island of people who have their own religion. It's a paganist religion, uh, seemingly. Uh, they uh, it's a lot of nature worship, and they do like maypole ceremonies and that sort of thing. And he is investigating the disappearance of a 
a girl named Rowan, and basically uh, just a whole bunch of weird shit happens uh, while he's there trying to yeah. investigate. Uh, they're uh, they're hospitable in the strangest way possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard to say. And then the the basically the matriarch, not the the patriarch. Sorry. <laughs> of the whole <laughs> island uh, is uh, what's his first name? I'm sorry. I I don't know if they ever give his first name. They always just call him Lord Summerisle. Lord, yeah, Lord, Lord Summerisle, played by Christopher Lee. Yeah, played by Christopher Lee. Of course, Christopher Lee is uh, huge. Was huge in horror at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it, it's pretty interesting to uh, kind of see Christopher Lee in a different role uh, than what he was doing before that. Uh, of course, now we know Christopher Lee and a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest yeah. in peace. Uh, but it's it's a pretty... It's a slow boil of a film. Uh, there's a lot of... It works for that, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It re- I mean, it really is. I mean, it definitely... You have to sit and you just have to let yourself absorb everything. You know what I mean? Right. And I... I don't know, things come at you really slow and you don't process them until later and you're like, oh, that's what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those types of movies, so you, it, it's, it, it really is just an experience to watch. I love it. It's a slow reveal. <laughs> uh, it's not a blink-and-you-miss-it type film, like mm-hmm. I feel like It Follows was. Yeah. It's a more of a... <clears throat> it's so slow in its pacing at some points that you're not sure... Uh, what happened until the whole thing is revealed, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then at the end, it all makes sense. It all makes sense at the end. Yeah, you, you know don't, know, I mean? like, yeah. halfway through, you still really don't know what's going on, like, what the end game is, yeah. until it starts happening, and you're like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, damn, you're fucked. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into, uh, of course, we talked about Christopher Lee, but we'll talk about the cast a little bit uh, later on. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about, uh, of course, is kind of the origins of what the uh, film is about uh, and kind of the ceremonies that are involved with it. Uh, for, first of all, the film is very loosely based on a book uh, by, uh, was it David? Uh, David Pinner. David Pinner called Ritual. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh And it, it's there's kind of a similar story happening in Ritual. Uh, but it's you know obviously there are a lot of differences between the story. We don't really want to get into the differences between the stories, but it, it's kind of loosely based on on ritual. Uh, but as far as the actual like ancient origins of of where the Wicker Man comes from, uh, we're gonna first talk about paganism because uh, paganism Ooh. is paganism is hard to define uh, because pagan, paganism is kind of a blanket term uh, for uh, kind of early, like, so, like, early Christians, like, this is, like, like, mid-Roman Empire Christians, for instance, uh, they, they kind of called pagans anybody who wasn't Christian that kind of, uh, worshipped, like, was polytheistic. Yeah, that's what... And they had, like, na- nature worship mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what you said, is that paganism's kind of just a blanket term for polytheism as a whole. But we talked about this a little last night, that's, like, you know, you know, a lot of nature worship like Shinto or like the Druids of England and stuff like that, they are pagan and we consider them pagan, but yet you wouldn't really call the ancient Egyptians or like the ancient Mayans pagan yeah. 
due to the time. So I feel like pagan mm. is definitely, it's meant to describe nature worship or that type of religion in a modern context. Yeah, pagan pagan yeah. comes, it, it has a root in Latin as far as like the actual name form, but a lot of it is is related to like uh, Anglo-Saxon like history. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah, of that yeah. particular term is specific to a lot of like like English history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, paganism in in general is not only just polytheism, but it's polytheism with nature worship, right? Uh, and like nature worship and like and like the the importance of seasons mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it relates to growing food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's like are our crops going to do well this year? Well, let's sacrifice a goat to make sure. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it's a, a lot of early paganism and a lot of ancient well, paganism all, that we know of is is rooted in that. And all religions, early religions, did that same thing, right. where there was sacrifice involved with prosperity, blah blah blah. Because we know that you know the 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 biblical um, the biblical Hebrews did that. We know mm-hmm. that the biblical like just most of the early religions had some sort of sacrifice embedded within them, and that was abandoned over time. Um, in this case, that's not so. They're still big on sacrifice, y'all. Yeah, they're still big yeah. into it. Yeah, <laughs> they think it's keen. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. The the name the namesake the namesake of the film the Wicker Man, uh, of course if you've seen the film like we said last episode we're assuming a lot of the time you've seen the film uh, this time we're going to assume you saw the film because it has been out for a very long time. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and, well, at least if you've seen this one you've probably seen the remake. Yeah, you've it, seen one of the two, and so you might be confused when we're talking about how good this movie is if you've only seen the second one. <laughs> We'll talk about that later, though. I'm sorry. Jump of the gun. <laughs> yeah, so the Wicker Man, uh, which uh, is the the sacrificial, uh, basically, pyre that the animals and the uh, the policeman, whoever it happens to be, uh, whether you're watching the remake or the original. In the original, it's Neil Howey. In the remake, I can't even remember his fucking name is. Uh, Wood, Woodward, I think, is actually his last name. I don't remember either. Yeah, just Nick, Nick, Cage. Nick Cage. But I think his last name might be Woodward, or what, as like a reference to. You mentioned that, yeah. When we were watching it, you did mention. I think that's a reference. No, to... I think I think his daughter's name. His daughter's name is Rowan Woodward. Uh, but I don't remember if his name's Woodward. Anyway, the sacrificial pyre that he's burned in at the <laughs> end is the Wicker Man. That's the namesake of the film. And Wicker Man, of course, uh, in in. Older uh, pagan practices is was a real thing. Uh, this is a, a thing that they would they would put uh, you know birds and goats and all kinds of animals inside of just like you see in the film, and they would burn it for sacrifice. In specifically in Ireland, uh, bef- like pre them meeting the Romans, that was a thing. They sacrificed humans as well. Mm-hmm. That was a thing that actually happened. They would burn people inside. Uh, of these wicker men. And people probably volunteered as well yeah, at that point. Yeah. People would probably volunteer because it, cause it would be seen as noble. Exactly. And I mean it, it always was for the for the idea that the crops are going to flourish next year yes. because we made this sacrifice mm. to the gods yes. or the fish will be, will come back to our waters this year because we made this sacrifice to the gods and it's such a great sacrifice. So yeah with the, with that implication I could see how an early, you know, early civilization person would say, 
I want to do that. Yeah. I want to give my life yeah. for that reason. And, and of course, this isn't specific to just pagans in Ireland. I mean, this is a, a we we see ritual sacrifice in a lot of ancient uh, civilizations mm. in the uh, was the Mayans, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the Mayans yeah. were yeah. big into it. I've, I feel like the I'm Aztecs Incans. were too. The Incans, and yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, we we see we see a lot of and people are like we said people are volunteering to do this this ritual sacrifice because they know that is a path to 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 glory on the mm-hmm. other side or heaven or whatever I you mean, want to call they it. They did it yeah. with with the Egyptians as well. Yep. Like they, if if a pharaoh died, his staff would volunteer to be buried in. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So a ritual sacrifice is not that strange of a thing in these older religions. Uh and and the wicker man was really just kind of a a, a symbolic thing, of course, symbolic in the sense of it, it was it's meant to be this glorious pyre because they could have just burned them on a big pile of sticks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I was just now thinking about. I mean, I wonder what the significance really of it looking like a man is. You know what I mean? It's like if it's if there's not a human inside it, it still does look like a human, and it. In, contains the fruits of their labor it either contains their crops or their livestock and stuff so it really is like they're sacrificing a part of themselves in hopes that the gods or whatever will make them fruitful so so it's an interesting image to make it look like mm. a person um yeah i think i think a lot of the significance of it i mean necessary i guess if it's shaped like a person it's not necessarily a pyre that would make it more of an effigy yeah, uh, yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, it's it's just one of those things where th- there are some some things about paganism and some of the rituals that we know of. Uh, some things have been lost to time, mm-hmm. so yeah. some some interpretations we're just making off of what we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 one of the other uh, rituals that we're going to talk about is uh, uh, maypoles or May Day. Uh, May Days, mm-hmm. uh, which is a celebration of basically spring. Yeah, the coming of yeah. spring is really yeah. the best way to describe it. Yeah, and I both of y'all have pretty interesting histories with uh, <laughs> yeah. Maypoles and May Days. And yeah, 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 it was it's fascinating that y'all both have history mm-hmm. with this because it's kind of an old world thing, and just I mean, I, at least coming from my experience. The reason why I have any knowledge of it at all is because my parents are kind of older. They're from a, an, an older generation. They had me when they were really uh, a lot older than um, most of my peers' parents were than when they had children and stuff like that. And so they were really carrying on a tradition from their parents and their parents and their parents and stuff that really doesn't get seen a lot today that I feel like a lot of modern, like, you know, younger people don't have any knowledge of. So... Like, at least in my experience, I, th- I found that really interesting. Mm. What was your experience with maypoles, Chrissy? I forgot. <laughs> well, <laughs> my, my, my town, my hometown, is one of the only places still in the country, I think, that does May Day celebrations on the oh, May Day wow. holiday that's actually paganistic. Mm-hmm. Whereas we have the Jack and the Green Festival where people wear green and there's a parade where there's a massive sort of wooden figure that's controlled by a dude underneath who's Jack, the green man. Mm. And he ends up at Hastings Castle and he gets defeated by the thing of spring and summer. I think it's a goddess of spring and summer because he is 
you know, winter and autumn, so he has to be defeated so that we can reign in spring. Huh. And, yeah, most of the time we all just get absolutely pissed and don't absolutely <laughs> <laughs> or at, least my, at least my generation. Yeah. Me and my friends. We, we go near it. We just go and get absolutely pissed. <laughs> I was just going to say, that's really cool that uh, even today that there is a community out there that, that that's still kind of trying to keep that tradition alive. And I mean, it's it, it, it's not even a, it's not a religious thing. It's not a pagan thing anymore. It's just kind of like a community thing right. at that point. And I find that really interesting, <laughs> which is very similar to my experience with May Day and Maypoles and stuff. Because when I was young, um, my parents would throw May Day parties uh, for the kids in my class, essentially. Um and so they would invite everyone over. We'd have Maypole. Uh, and, you know, it's just a little party. You know, parents socialize. The kids fuck around and do whatever the fuck they want. And wrap ribbon around a tree. So I remembered all that and after watching Wicker Man. And so I did call my mom. And I was like, so to you, what was the significance of all this? Like, why did you do this? She's like, oh, yeah, no, it's just something my parents did. And it's just a celebration of, of May and springtime and rebirth. And then my mom did, like, hesitate a little bit. And she's like, the maypole itself kind of is just about sex and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's the phallic symbol. I've seen a movie that tells me it's the phallic symbol. She's like, yeah, we tried to separate all that. We didn't really want to expose you to it. The maypole is a dick, mom. (laughs) The maypole is a fucking dick. Oh, man. If it... If in fourth if in fourth grade I would have had the presence of mind to scream that at my mother in front of all of my classmates, Ma! my life would have been complete. Ma, the maypole's a dick. Maypole looks like a dick, ma. Why are we wrapping these ribbons around it? Gotta let that shit be free. Free the dick. Up the dick. At, at which point it. In in my mind, I'm gonna hope she'd be like, "No, you always wrap up your dick. Come on, safe sex, yeah. and then yeah. just, just bring it all full circle." Yeah. See? yeah, we're bringing it back to the uh, follows episode. Make sure to always wrap shit up. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Wrap wrap it up. <laughs> we actually have. I'm just gonna break off really quick from our narrative and say we actually have some very good PSAs. <laughs> Wrap it up, guys. Come on now. Wrap it up. (laughs) Wrap it up. (laughs) That's all we got to say. If it's raining, you wear a raincoat. (laughs) (laughs) Come, Poncho. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. That was just something I had to say. Oh, Christ. (laughs) You could could literally just use, like... To, like that, that, that moment in the Wicker Man. <laughs> just for anything. Oh Christ! Oh Christ! Oh, to come, punch Now we're gonna set you on fire. <laughs> uh, so, uh, to get back on track real quick, uh, Chrissy, you mentioned the Green Man, uh, which yeah. is is not a reference to Charlie Day or Always Sunny. Uh, no. The Green Man is a like a character uh, within paganism, as you know, like you said, is you the Green Man has to be killed to kind of uh, uh, ring in spring and yeah. kind of uh, it's a representational figure. It's interesting that Green Man is the name of the pub 
Yeah. In uh, in mm. Summer's Isle, mm. uh, which I, I think is uh, pretty interesting. Like, kind of, they kind of knew what they were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they I definitely think they did a lot of research. Oh, yeah, okay. I was about to say the same thing. That I, you know that they know what they're talking about when they made this movie and wrote this story. You know, they definitely are, are coming from a place of uh, being steeped in this culture for a long time. And I think they're just trying to, like, show it off a little bit right. and, like, show you, yeah. show you, hey, this is what people that came before you used to do, hey, your life's not so shitty now, is it? Yeah. You're not getting burned to death. It used, it used to be shittier. Yeah. Just by the way. Well, as, in, as I said, sort of this kind of culture is still, it's not big in the UK as it used to be, but still within, like, especially the time period that it was made, still sort of this oncoming from sort of the hippie movement of the 60s, mm-hmm. that was still yeah. quite prevalent within the UK. I mean, we have a load of green men in our garden, because my mum really likes it. My mum loves the imagery. So, we have a load in the garden. <laughs> Only question I have, and, th- and this is also a little all like off the rails, but if he's supposed to be like the embodiment of winter and fall and stuff like that, and the season's changing, why is he green? I would associate green with springtime and with summer, like when things are blooming again. Why is the green man the thing they kill to bring about it's the also, It's also to sort of do with... sort of. The, I think there's one of him in every color for every season, sort of, you know, like a, a dark green for like late oh. winter, early spring... Because, I mean, May Day, obviously, it's not until May. Spring's technically already started at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's more just, I don't know, it just involves colouring, I guess, I don't know. Okay, no, I was, that, that, like I said, that was that was a sheer curiosity. <laughs> get, get your mom on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> she told me to fuck off. <laughs> 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 Oh boy. Um, <laughs> well, so uh, they clearly did their research, and by them we mean the the uh, cast and the writers and the director. The director is uh, his name is Robin uh, Hardy, uh, and uh, he hasn't done a whole lot of stuff, so we're not going to talk about him too much. But he did uh, he did write the novelization of this film, which is also just called mm-hmm. The Wicker Man. Uh, it expands on uh, the story just a little bit, but. Uh, he uh, he hasn't really done enough for us to talk about, although he did do a spiritual successor to The Wicker Man called The Wicker Tree, uh, which none of us have actually seen. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> that's this is one where guy we, we really don't have a whole lot to say about it, unfortunately. I, I don't know how easy it is or hard it is to find. Um, I would recommend seeing it. I think I, I know I'm going to keep my eyes out for it if, yeah. if it comes around. But at the same time, I don't think it's necessary to really... Uh, understand the original movie. All I know is that there's really bad green screen with Christopher oh, Lee no. in a cameo and the green screen is apparently terrible. Oh, and uh, no. like Dave told me that, so... Because Dave Wait, was this, apparently seen it. Was this made when Christopher Lee was still alive? Yeah, it was made 2011. Oh, okay. Oh, okay yeah. then. All right. Yeah. Well, I thought you were gonna mean. I thought you meant they were CG and Christopher Lee in there, like, like <laughs> oh, we were talking about no, last episode oh, or whatever. Yeah, no, that would have been terrible. It's literally bad green screen. Oh yeah. no! Got to bring it back to Rogue One again. Yeah, yeah. right. 
Just yeah, no, no CGing. Stop CGing dead people, yeah, please. Yeah, please. Let's not please do that anymore. Yeah. Stop making holograms of dead people too. For for that. Well, for that matter. I do want to see the Michael Jackson hologram tour. I don't know. Is that just me? Am I the only one that's that's bought into that nonsense? No, it's not just you. <laughs> I'm mildly curious, but I just. I don't know. You get him and Hatsune Miko on stage together? Oh, boy, you're going to blow the roof there, off. There's something inherently weird to me about <laughs> using a dead person's likeness. Do yeah, you know I yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, it feels weird. Mm-hmm. Feels weird. It's kind of like that fucking Capital One commercial that I've seen recently that has uh, uh, Let's Go Crazy, the Prince song in it. Mm. Uh, it, like, Prince would never have agreed to yeah. that. Uh, it just, it just, just seems... just enjoying money. Exactly, mm, yep. yeah. But I digress. No, man, when Bob Dylan dies. Oh, yeah. God, like he's so protective of all his shit right now. Yeah. Oh. But whenever he dies, they're going to pillage his corpse of his like lifelong work. Yeah. You know what in I mean? the, in it's the same way, a- if Jello goes before the rest of the dead Kennedys, they're, they're fucking oh, no. if Jello goes. Because <laughs> yeah. then they have shit. the rights. Oh god, that's that. I don't want to think about that. Please don't install yeah. that thought in my brain. Anyway. I, I never want to. He- I never want to hear fucking a Dead Kennedy song on a Ford advertisement. Like, <laughs> like that's that's where I draw the line, guys. Oh god, that would be terrible. I know. I would kill myself right here. Uh, <laughs> we we should talk uh, about the uh, the Virgin the Virgin Howie versus the Chad Summer Isle in terms of. Uh, but, I mean, we, we, to speak of people who are no longer with us, Christopher Lee, of course, plays Lord Summer Isle in this, and, uh, this is coming off, right off the heels of him doing all of the Hammer Dracula films, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, supposedly, this has not been confirmed, but supposedly he did The Wicker Man for free, just so he could get a contract that was not with Hammer, so he could get out from under all the the stuff he was doing for Hammer. I can believe uh, that it was true, honestly. At yeah, that point, I could. I can believe that that was true. Yes. How many How many movies had he done with, oh, with Hammer? Like a lot, mm, countless. Really? Countless. So, 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 many. so that was just like a, an era in his career, yes. not like a couple years, yeah. but yeah, he, no, this, he was, was done being era. typecast. Yeah. yeah, he was, and he he has said. Uh, he said before he died that uh, Wicker Man was not only his best performance, but probably the best film he was ever in. Really? Yes. That's he amazing. He said it was one of the most fun that. ones to work on. That's yeah. great. Because, I mean, you could see how much like love they put into this right. movie just from watching it. You mm-hmm. love watching it. It's so good. And he probably liked it because he didn't get dope peed on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, now you have to explain that, like that. Yes, in the in the scene with the Wicker Man, uh, there uh, one of the the shots of Edward Woodward where he looks really surprised when he's in the Wicker Man. That's because he's getting peed on. Uh, by a goat. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is probably the only thing he didn't like about the film, though. But he actually did enjoy doing that the Wicker Man a lot. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think most people involved were pretty pretty. Stoked to do this movie. I, I I think they must have done like the Wicker Man scene like really early on because I swear to God he looks pissed off throughout the <laughs> yeah. film. He does not. I know it's just because he's a good actor and everything, but he looks like he does not want to be there. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because 
they were kind of rushing uh, the building of the Wicker Man uh, near the end. Uh, and the reaction when he comes over the hill and finally sees it is apparently real. Yeah. Really? Because he had not seen the prop up to this point. He had That's... not seen the final construction. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Like, that, I can't... Like, you... I wouldn't have thought of that. You know what I mean? Like, that's the best yeah. way you could possibly do a the, reveal. Yeah, the, for that. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, shit! <laughs> well, they, did that, they did that that's with the kids real. in it as well. None of them had seen yeah. Bill Skarsgård oh. until... No, was this the first one or the or, or the remake? Wait. No, the, the, re, the remake uh, with Bill Skarsgård, the, the scene where he, like, contorts out of the fridge, yeah, that's the that's first the scene first that they ever they'd seen ever him. Seen him. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a really effective technique. Yeah, yeah. it really uh, is. Hide, kind of hide, hide your fucking props. Hide the yeah, genuinely hide... hide it and then have the genuine scary moments. Oh no. It's not when he contorts that's... out, it's when he's in the garage. Where when they see him in the pictures in the garage. No, I, I heard it was uh when he contorts out of the refrigerator. I heard that was the first scene that they ever saw him. See I, I read the other that's... one. Hmm, who's telling us huh. lies? I don't know. All I know is apparently the adult actors also got freaked out at Pennywise. Yeah. I read yeah. that. I read yeah, that recently. Yeah, when they, yeah, now they're yeah. 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 Woodward is also dead, as is Ingrid Pitt. So I think all the yeah. big main cast are, are, are unfortunately no longer with us. Yeah, yeah I mean, but we, you gotta expect that from seven, the seven, uh, 70s yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were all old. Yeah, yeah. It, I yeah. mean, they... It, Rest in peace, all of them, and they made they made a really good movie before they died. Because oh, I swear yeah. to God, this is like I said, one of one of the best horror movies we've watched. So yeah, and Ingrid Ingrid Pitt also uh, a horror alum had done a lot of horror films in the sixties and seventies at that point too. Yeah. Oh, was she really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she had done done so many uh, great films. She did uh, was uh, fucking what is the Vampire Lovers, which is uh, an adaptation uh, yeah, of Camilla. Camilla. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in just so many good things uh, about this film, like leading up to like like they had been in shitty films, obviously, but like <laughs> leading up to this, they knew their shit did, coming into it. Did she work alums? Did she work with Christopher Lee prior to Wicker Man? Like if they were both from Hammer? Yeah, quite a few times. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Then mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, so Countess you- Dracula. I think the House of Drip Blood. I can't remember if he was in that. I can't remember either now. Uh, oh yeah, no, the House of Drip Blood. Yeah, he was in that with Peter Cushing. Uh, what else was uh, Woodward in? Um, he was in a lot of. Uh, I said he was also in Hot Fuzz. <gasps> oh shit! Is he really? Which character yeah. is he in Hot Fuzz? Who is he in Hot Fuzz? Yeah. Uh, he had a support. It doesn't say who he was, but he was in Hot Fuzz apparently. Oh. Yeah. We were gonna mention this later, but for anyone who doesn't know, Hot Fuzz is a is oh, assignment. Oh, he is... was Professor Tom Weaver. <gasps> oh, oh shit! Yes. All right, I I just want to get this out there really quick, just so people aren't confused. Uh, Hot Fuzz is is a comedy movie that stars Simon Pegg and um done by Edgar Wright. And it's a movie about a city police officer going to a small, idyllic town to investigate a murder, and then shit starts happening really fucking weird under the yeah. surface. Yeah. So much of that film takes from Wicker Man. Like, Wicker Man is the genesis mm-hmm. of Hot Fuzz. 
And Hot Fuzz is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's fucking hilarious. We're probably going to touch on this later. Yeah. But just know that they are connected so that we're yeah. not pulling the fact. Like, we're not astounded that this guy's in Hot Fuzz for no reason. We're <laughs> yeah. astounded because, oh, shit, you did, like, the original. You did Hot Fuzz, like, 0.0, yeah. and then you did Hot Fuzz. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking baller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah he, was, he did. Edward Woodward was known for theater work mostly, but as well as a lot of British TV. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. It's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, so. There's a lot of the the film centers a lot on obviously rituals, ceremonies, uh, paganism, and and sort of the the things that we go through to basically uh, convince ourselves that things are going to be better in the future. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and and a lot of it has to do because because obviously uh, Neil Howie is the name of Ed, uh, Edward Woodward's character in this. And he kind of represents, obviously, a lot of uh, Christian ideals. He's a very Christian man. Uh, he comes from a, a community where they, they are very uh, devout Christians. And he's literally coming, a virgin. <laughs> yeah, literally, mm-hmm. he's a virgin. Uh, and he's coming into this society of, you know, paganists who are very open sexually. And they have a lot of these old paganist traditions. And... Uh, so it's kind of a, a a kind of a case study on uh, generations and like the difference between the clash of generations, the clash of uh, not really the clash of religions, although in a in a way it is, uh, but it is more of a, a clash of ideals in like old versus new sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. specifically, and I kind of want your input on this, Chrissy. Is I feel like it's specifically a clash between old and new. In Britain, you know what I mean? Because I feel like, because like we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, America is very much a, a product of colonialism. You know, we're very much mm. a modern nation, whereas Britain has a long, long storied history dating back to you know prehistory. And so, I don't know. Like I said, I just kind of wanted your input on like whether or not it is if you feel that it's kind of like the British traditions like clashing. It's very much um, sort of that Christian versus sort of like that, that, you know, devout Christian versus heathen religion. <laughs> Especially the fact that he literally calls them heathens like all yeah. the time yeah. throughout the film. Yes. Because <laughs> that, that kind of thing is definitely sort of in a lot of isolated parts of Ireland and isolated parts of Scotland. That kind of thing is still sort of there. Really? Because, because sort of the Christians couldn't get out there. Not entirely in terms of that thing, but like how Hastings still has like a, a May Day festival. It just means that Christians haven't entirely taken over. <laughs> in yeah. that sense. I mean, them being, a, yeah, them being on an island just inherently makes them isolationist. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's... So they, they, they cling to those ideals because they haven't really heard any other ones. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, another really quick question. Do, do y'all learn, like, about, like, pagan stuff in school, like, when you're coming up, like, through um, the ed- education system? Not that I really remember. We possibly okay. did. I, no, don't I was really curious. remember school. I... 
Not like I said, it's just, there's, there's so much my more. My brain is taken over with shitposting and horror films. <laughs> we probably did. That, that, that should be what everyone aspires to. <laughs> we probably did, especially with Hastings being still so in that kind of mindset a little bit. We probably, like, I think we probably did touch on that kind of thing, maybe, like, in primary school, which is... Uh, Elementary and middle school for y'all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't we don't have to go through to like four different schools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the, the, the line that embodies like that struggle between the old and the new and the pagan and the Christian to me is still that line when she like when the the officer comes in and he's pissed off that she's teaching him about what the phallic symbol yeah. is, and that's right. what the maypole embodies and everything. And then the last line in that scene is, like, he's trying to argue with her, and she's trying to argue back, and finally she's just like, well, you see, Sergeant, it's just that some of our children can more relate to the concept of reincarnation as opposed to resurrection. Mm, right. Being, like, yes. a direct jab at Christianity. Yes. And I feel like yeah. that's, like, the embodiment of the struggle that's going on throughout the whole film. Like, both with his character versus the town, both with, like, the symbolism and everything. So I, I feel like that's that, that line is a good snapshot yes. of what they're trying to convey. Well, because that line basically says both sides think the other side is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? How he would be seen as, like, a Christian religious fundamentalist not job in, like, in these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how I view him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just like... I, I sympathize with neither side on this, by the way. Mm. I, I, I'm just like, shut up, both of you. <laughs> and and to, to be fair, though, we did mention how that while on the surface, and at least looking at it from our perspectives... We feel like this is very much, you know, a rejection of Christianity and just a, or at least a rejection of his idea of Christianity. But when you look at it, if you were to watch this and you are a devout Christian and you watch this, this is kind of a different story because yeah. it almost turns into a little, not uplifting, it's kind of, it's still super fucking depressing. <laughs> but it does turn into a story of martyrdom as yeah. opposed yeah. to, as opposed to something else. Yeah. And Christopher Lee even says that. And he's like, well, we're... We're going to give you the biggest gift that most of your kind doesn't get in these modern times. You become a, a martyr. martyr's death. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> he literally, you know, y'all literally they're Jesus right now. Yeah, and yeah. so you, it's interesting so much how it, being in a different mindset could flip your whole feeling about this film and about who yeah. you do sympathize with. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, you you and I and like all of us, we don't really empathize with either. We're like y'all are way too wound up into everything that you're into. Like take it down a notch, bring yeah. it back. Let's go get an icy and just yeah. talk, talk about Pokemon cards. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but <Okay>. you know, <laughs> so it's nice right now. Yeah. But yeah, no, but they're so, and you said it last night, they're so cocksure in all of their beliefs. Mm -hmm. Like, neither of them are wavering in the slightest. Oh, yeah. And so Greg that's... Graffin's a, just there in the background laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting... It, it's very much based on perspective, I think. Mm. I, I think it's... Uh, based on your own beliefs, it could be a different movie. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting thing for a film to do is for you to completely 
question a movie depending on what you personally believe in. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you just watch a movie to watch a movie, but this one is like it can mean a completely different thing to you. Yeah, I mean, think about Jaws. It's a thinker. Yeah, <laughs> but think about it makes Jaws. My thinky organ think. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you you feel one way about sharks. I feel like we all feel one way about sharks. Is please don't eat. I fucking me. love sharks. And then you watch Jaws, and you're like, man, I still really don't want sharks to eat me. You know, that's like <laughs> yeah. that's the takeaway. Is it's like I still don't like sharks to eat me and legs and arms. No, keep keep my legs and arms, please. <laughs> but yeah, no, you watch this, please. and it's a completely different no, sensation. Eat me, but I love shark. <laughs> I want to kiss on nose, but do not want face near mouth. <laughs> please. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, that's such an interesting dynamic, and off the top of my head, I don't know if I could come up with another film that does it like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially I, not a horror film, because horror yeah. films are a lot more black and white a lot of the time, and we've talked about how some horror films necessarily aren't, that yeah. there there is some some, some sympathy mm. for the for the killer or whatever. I feel like a lot of the ones that we talk about are kind of more of an, in a gray area. Mm, and this one is definitely yeah. following that vein. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I... And uh, one of the other things that we talk about a lot with horror films, especially with It Follows, our, our previous episode, we talked about the role of sex in, yeah. in a horror film. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... Uh, I it's, can't wait for my mom not to listen to this one again. Yeah. <laughs> about titties. Yeah, there's a lot of titties in this movie. Uh, but it, There is a lot of titties. Yeah. Rod Stewart dated Brit Kirkland or... Kirkland. Kirkland is her the name. The girl who played Willow. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Rod Stewart dated her, and she he wanted to burn every copy yeah. of his film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just, like, yeah. Well, she it. was only topless, but all the back nude scenes was actually a butt double. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, uh, I didn't even realize this because it was a pretty good uh, dub job, but she was dubbed over both for her singing and her talking because she couldn't they they believed that she couldn't do a convincing scottish accent which like again i'll say the same which a lot of people can't yeah i'll say the same thing that i said at the time is that man if that were me i would have been like fuck you then i'm not doing this role like either let me talk or don't let me talk assholes yeah like that's just me from like where i where i feel like i would be if i were an upcoming actor you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like fucking Either you want me They're in this the role or not. They're in the outer Hebrides, though. You've got to have a convincing accent. Yeah, 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 yeah you do have to have a convincing True. accent. I, I, it's a tough thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, but yeah, sex is very ever-present in this film. And it's basically, like you were talking about earlier, um, this is very short after the, the kind of the 60s free love movement. Yes. And so this feel, <laughs> fits, fits very succinctly into a narrative that people were living at this time you well, know and it's also starting to get into that period of like 70s exploitation yeah. films mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. so just the role of sex in this is very important because basically the island is essentially like it's portrayed like a free love society you know where everyone is just kind of Hot, horny, and ready to go at any minute. You got a hot and ready, you know. Anytime you get a little, I've little seizures. About that, it's such a small island. Wouldn't they all be in bread? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, probably yes. That's that's part of the the, the narrative with a lot of these like isolated yeah. village type I mean, things. That's, Im- that's clearly yeah. implied. Yeah. Uh, that hey, we're all from the same breeding Ooh. stock. Mm-hmm. By the way, woo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but on one hand, it is just the. It's definitely the 
old versus new and old generation mm. versus new generation and a more liberal consciousness meeting with a conservative consciousness. That's yes. part of what the role of sex is mm, in yes. this film. But also you can bring it back to the May Day celebration and the fact that sex is... The Maypole is a dick. Yep, the Maypole <laughs> is a dick. And sex is the act of rebirth. It's the mm. act of, you know... Pumping one out, guys. Come on. <laughs> I think the maypole is also a sign of fertility. Right. That's why they usually have girls run around the maypole. Yes. It's it's a fertility thing. But what's interesting is in the Wicker Man, and I noted this when we were watching it. It's only the boys that are walking around the the maypole itself. Whereas all the girls are inside to be educated about the meaning of it and everything. So it's almost like the... And we see in this movie, or at least in the remake, that the men are very subjugated. Yeah. In, in, the, in the old one, not so much. But we are seeing them set up as a role of more as a provider of the seed, not really a thinky-type person. Whereas <laughs> all the women are the thinky-type people. <laughs> men are dumb. Yeah, actually know how to do shit. <laughs> this is a, a running theme in all of our episodes and now. Is that men suck? Yeah. Fucking what's his face was a tool. Oh, she, not he was a tool. Not he was a tool. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, it it is obviously supposed to be phallic symbol, a symbol of fertility, but it's not not fertility in just a human sense. I mean, not just no. not just reproducing with humans. It's also. Uh, fertility of the land, right? And how 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 much crop can we produce? How much? Mm-hmm. How many goods can we produce with this land? Like the fertility of the land itself. Right. It's supposed to. It's supposed to be uh, more than just sexual, of course. It's. I mean, because it is the. Give me that plum. Give me that them plum dicks. <laughs> plum babies. Well, it's definitely. I mean, I, and I feel like that's probably what the the those naturalist religions were meant to do is. Bringing them both together as a whole, yes. Like there, there's the, there's the fertility of humans and there's the fertility of nature, and both of them supposedly blossom around the same yes. time. Yeah, it's the unity of the the idea of both uh, fruitful crops and fruitful reproduction. Yeah, and also the idea yeah. of like Gaia, living planet. You yes. know, we're all part of the yeah. same ecosystem, same chain. So you know, yes. we're all going to be. Who fuck- those people who fuck trees that are a thing would go great in the Wicker Man. Yeah, they, they would fit right in. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, I'm not, I'm not looking down on tree fucking. By the way, I just thought it was funny. If you want to fuck trees, go for it. Yeah, we do not kink shame. Yeah, no. <laughs> we can, we cannot. I don't think any of us can kink shame. Yeah, no, not at all. But basically, that's the role of sex. That's kind of the meaning of sex. That's kind of the unity of the ideal of, of sex and uh, fertility of the land. And it has nothing to do with any of the horror aspects either. It's all about the context and about the story, which is interesting for a horror film. I find that to be a nice touch. Right, yes. And uh, obviously, the the idea of sex is best, uh, or at least the, the role of sex is best portrayed through the, the character of Willow, uh, who we oh, yeah. had, had mentioned earlier is played by, uh, you said, Britt El- Elkred? El- Elkred? I'm, uh, I'm trying I'll, to I'll find her last name. I just know her name's Britt. Britt. By, by, played by Britt. Britt Eklund. Ah, Britt Eklund. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's right. It is. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but yes, this is, she is the embodiment of this ideal. Uh, and she actually sings a song 
which we just call Willow's Song, uh, basically about this idea of uh, welcoming in the idea of sex, mm-hmm. welcoming getting in dick. the getting welcoming <laughs> the idea of getting that dick, uh, <laughs> and and just but I mean I mean obviously it's it's also supposed to be tempting Howie mm-hmm. uh, because Howie is obviously a very pious man. He is uh, a virgin and he just. He is. Uh, he's engaged to be married, right? Right, right. Or, he's waiting. He's waiting until he gets married to his wife to give her the baby right. cream. <laughs> oh, jeez. But no, but that that is that is one of the best scenes in the film. Yeah. Is the mm. temptation scene because that song is really on point. It's so well done, and it just it fits in with the theme of the film so well, and it is so. The imagery as well, where she's like banging on the wall. Oh yeah, yes. And what, what what I take away from it is that it really is so telling and explorative of Woodward's character. You know what I mean? Mm. That you can see that he's fighting so hard. So like he's questioning. He's sitting there like, "Do I believe this shit?" Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're I mean, if you're going with that ideal, if you're Taking this from a like a pious Christian's perspective, it's like the temptation. It's like him resisting temptation. Yeah, and and it's the the the, the victory afterwards. Like yes. after he comes out and he's just continuing his investigation again. Yes. a hardened Christian looks at that as like that's what's up. That's yeah. the that that's what's good. You know what I mean? Yes. But you see this and you're and you're just neither here nor there, and you're just like, what a nerd. <laughs> 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 Not exactly where I was going with it, but okay, I approve. <laughs> oh god! Well, what? y'all are on the same page about this, and I'm kind of off to the side, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, Neil Howie yeah. is a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, the the song specifically, like the music in this, is uh, really effective and kind of uh, all of it. There's hardly any actual soundtrack. There is some some bits and pieces that are actually like a score to this film, but a lot of it's just folk music. Yeah, the very minimal, actually, it's just traditional music. Scottish folk. Yeah, yeah, and it's it works so well. Like something mm-hmm. about it is so good in that like. When you know it has to be quiet, it's quiet for most of the film to let you process everything. But anytime where there's a lot of people around, where there needs to be some energy in it, it delivers. And you're just like, yeah, this is how it would feel. Like, this gives you the feeling of being in that pub or Mm -hmm. being, like, biting your fucking comforter trying to not fuck that broad. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't say that. Whatever, you know, that's that's what's going through his head. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Trying not to beat his meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, a lot of the music seems almost incidental in a way because uh, I mean, specifically the scene where they're all singing that folk song, like below, like in the room below him, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. where they're just kind of all singing together. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it, I think, is supposed to seem incidental. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, until you know, it's not right. uh, when it's like music that's actually like part of the soundtrack itself. Right. And a lot of that, uh, the I mean, like one of the scenes that is kind of incidental in a way, uh, 
uh, not incidental, is uh, when he's reading about the meaning of each of the characters. Right, right. And that's and, when they actually yeah. have a score to it. That's when there's yes. actually, like, it was, was it violin or something in the background? I can't remember the instrumentation. But it was really effective. It gave some tension, and it built the suspense of, oh, he's figuring this out now. He's right. putting some pieces together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of soundtrack, the song that you hear them sing when he's in the Wicker Man is a is like a Middle Ages folk song. Really. Funny enough, called uh, "Summer Is Is a Human In." I think it, I think it like basically translates to "Summer Is Coming Is Coming." Summer is coming is coming. <laughs> yes. yeah, it, it, I mean, it's felt weird and um, reading like old in inverted commas yeah, yeah, yeah. is hard. Yeah, but, yeah. Suma okay. is Suma is uh, Suma is a in, or Suma is I come in in. Fuck knows how to say it. I <laughs> every I butcher everything Celtic that I've apparently said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's okay. It's not easy. Nope. It's not easy stuff. No. It's yeah. not easy being not Celtic. Not Celtic. Yeah. It's, oh, it's not okay. easy being not Celtic. Apparently, <laughs> uh, because if you were Celtic, it'd be easier to speak to Celtic things. <laughs> mm. uh, but uh, yeah, so. The music is a very large part of how we perceive the people who live on Summer's Isle. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. because it you know it, it speaks to they're very they're very folksy type people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's it's folk music. They're very folksy type people. They have a lot of tradition uh, to uh, the island, and it it plays very well into that whole narrative of them as a people. And it's interesting because uh, there is not really any sort of modern music in it at all. It's all <laughs> that type of folk music. It's all it's all very much playing to that older style of folk music that uh, there is no there is no. Like, mo- that's the kind of shit you hear in Hastings in in the old. Like we have a couple of old folky pubs. That's the kind of shit you hear in Hastings. It's literally like being in the Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's spooky. That is um, Plus, everyone's inbred in the old town. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that I, I feel like the mu- music does add to my, the perception that I got of the film of the whole thing seems very surrealist. Yeah. Like, unlike the remake, you don't see him mm. before he gets on the island. It's He's only in the island the whole time. And you know he's a city guy. And so everything that he's seeing is, like, alien to him. Everything yes. is, like, out there. Yeah. Out there as fuck. And the music just adds to that. And the yes. lack of music just adds to that. Yes. Both work together because he's, like, you know, just trying to sleep. And that shit's going on. And the next day he's just, like, being... He's in a fucking horse-drawn carriage going around <laughs> yeah. some fucking island. And I feel like being from yeah. someone who's from 1973 London or Manchester or, you know, what a, a modern city... You'd just be sitting there, like, what the fuck is this place? Like, where yeah. where have I gone? Yeah. And so, like I said, I maintain that this the, the the Wicker Man is very much a work of surrealism. Like that that's how I interpret yeah. it. People can yell at me if not, but it has that similar thing with the in terms of modernization with the in parallel with an American werewolf in London, where they're in that old northern pub. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 that's very true. I've, I've lived up north. I've been in those kind of pubs. <laughs> yeah. 
Everyone knows each other. Yeah. Everyone's probably related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a thing of like, man, Jesus. <laughs> like, it's a definite out of place feeling. How he would have been feeling a fish out of water. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's the, the large takeaway from it is it's not really surrealism it's more of like an out of element sort of feeling it's like yeah, okay. you're in a you're in a strange land with strange people uh you are not part of that culture at all <laughs> you are almost the antithesis of that culture to them at least mm -hmm. and that's the folk music just reinforces that yeah. um and so, you know at the end of the movie that they did that intentionally right yeah and yeah. so that's an that's an interesting yeah. and scary thing so, uh, let's touch on the 2006 remake a little bit. Boy, let's touch on it. Let's, 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 let's just, let's, let's just, let, 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 let's give it a little, a little caress to the face and then push it out a moving train. Let's, let's, let's hit it and run. Uh, let's, let's, uh, wham, bam, thank you, man, yeah. this, uh, this, this remake just a little bit. Uh, it is bad. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's, it's not good. Uh, and, and a lot of people, just from memes, know a lot about this film. Uh, obviously, you know the bees part. You know him punching the woman in the bear suit part. <laughs> and, but that's just yeah. like the last, like the last part of the film, though. That's you the have thing. to sit through so much yeah. garbage to get there. Yeah, you have to sit through so much stilted dialogue oh. and just, like, nonsense acting and just, what the fuck is going on? Who made this type shit? Why uh, is he allergic to bees? Why, did, be why does... Why does he then decide to go to an island that's, like, main export is bees? Like, if yeah. I were a cop, I'd be like, can I put this investigation on anyone who's not deathly allergic, allergic to bees? To bees? <laughs> yeah. This is a health concern now. Not the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just... Uh, I don't know. It's, the movie is just poorly made. Let's... Uh, Let's, yeah. let's take it from another direction really quick, just to show that we're not god-awful people and that we can respect other people's work. What are some things that do work about the remake? Is there anything? Do we think? Uh, it's, it's unintentionally funny. Yeah, true. It's unintentionally funny. It is the room it's, of horror films. Yeah. The casting of Nicolas Cage is not a good one. He, but it's wholly welcome. Oh, yes. <laughs> he, he gives it his all, and that's all you can ask. He hands it up. Him and his eyebrows. <laughs> they couldn't do subtlety, though. That's the only thing. There I feel is like, no subtlety. And I mean, I feel like Nicolas Cage is acting subtle. I know there are films where Nicolas Cage acts really well, and he can do subtlety. But this just isn't one of them. I don't know if it's just because this was just a paycheck to him or what, but, like, this movie is just not subtle. Here's here's one thing that it's, I think... It's bad. Here's one thing that I think is interesting that the that the remake could have used to its, its benefit if it had actually done anything real with it, and that is that it's a matriarchal society yeah. in the remake compared to a patriarchal mm. one mm -hmm. in the original. I think there could have been something to that, and I think it's interesting that Lady Summerisle is a woman compared to Lord Summerisle and the the original, and how it's a woman-less society, and even the men are kind of like you said, they're subservient mm -hmm. in a way. And yeah, it's it's weird that they, yeah. they would make that change. That's such a big change, but not run with it, not try to expand upon it. It's just like, hey, we're all women here. 
these guys suck. They do our laundry. You're a guy. You go burn now. <laughs> like that's that's the depth. Same though. I relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing they got right. <laughs> suck. That is that is about the only credit that I'll give to this film is that it puts an interesting idea out there. Like, what if the Wicker Man uh, had a matriarchal society instead? But it doesn't really do anything. There's with, no follow through. There's no there's follow, no follow through. through with that idea. There's no follow through with most of this movie. Yeah, true. <laughs> and it is so boring. It is such a boring. Except that film. it is technically could be considered a follow through, aka shit. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Somebody sat down on a toilet and shat this movie out, and that's about the only <laughs> follow through that we have with it. Uh, the thing. The thing is, is just. When Isaac and I were watching it last night, we had to fast forward through a lot of the ending because it was just we were so fed up with it. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, we did stop. We we stopped for the good bits, but and we got the we got her saying you have an appointment with the Wicker Man. She delivered it well. There's nothing wrong with her. I love that actress. She's a great actress. There's nothing wrong with a lot of a lot of the act, acting in this film. They're just given terrible... No, they're given terrible dialogue, and they have no motivation. I suppose so. I have trouble with Nicolas Cage's performance, but I mean, <laughs> I have no yeah, problem Nick, with a Nick's lot of Nicolas Cage. performance is bad. Yeah. yeah. It's not... He has had better performances than, than this movie. And the other thing about this, and... I, I, Many. If I'm correct, the B scene, the, the not the B scene... Is only we only saw that because we have like the extended release or whatever. I don't believe that that was actually included in the original film. Uh, I might be wrong, but that's what I believe to be the case. I don't understand why they even bothered because the CG was so bad; it was atrocious. <laughs> like it they're clearly weird. not real bees. The CG on B movie was better. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And we've already we already had a, a lengthy discussion about how the B movie is just the the the, the sequel to the two thousand six Wicker Man. Uh, one of the bees that stung Nicolas Cage got imbued by all of his charisma and uh, and acting charm. Became and, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, became Jerry Seinfeld and went to the city to try to seduce a woman. I don't know. And, I haven't seen B theory. movie. I haven't seen B movie either, but I feel like I'd enjoy it more than the 2006 Wicker Man. That's just a hot take. Uh, I do think the the B scene was only in the remake. Mm. Uh, in the sorry, the extended cut right. of it. Uh, because I I feel like I saw the theatrical release of it for whatever reason. Not in the theater, but like a theatrical cut of it, and I don't remember the B scene right. being in it because I feel like I would have remembered that shit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just I don't know. They it's miss, just not good. They just missed the no, mark on everything bad. they yeah. tried to do. Yeah. And the, was this in the same era as when they were remaking all the other horror films? Yeah. Was this kind of this part was of the same year. This is the same year as that Black Christmas remake that we talked about that we fucking hated. Uh, God. They, they, why did all those remakes just kind of like miss the point, you know? Yeah. Like it's 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 one thing to remake a movie and then just not be as good as the original, but they all turned out just bad. Mm. Was this also a Weinstein film? I don't think this, so. I didn't. I don't okay. think we didn't see the Weinstein uh, spotlight. Oh yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. You would have. I just I I, I always question that now <laughs> if it was a Weinstein film or not. Uh, yeah, but but you know what is. Basically, an homage and 
a better remake of uh of of the Wicker Man is Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, <laughs> Hot Fuzz is like an homage to uh, the Wicker Man on so many levels, and it's just such a great film that I feel like it's a better like kind of spiritual remake of Wicker Man than this could ever be. Yeah. It, it has more horrific moments than the 2006 Wicker Man. Oh, like, yeah. when, when the cathedral, like, the piece of the cathedral busts through the journalist's head, oh, yeah. that's fucking terrifying! Well, that that's a reference to the Omen. Oh, is yes, it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, well, wow, they, they drew Hot from a lot of horror films on this. <laughs> yeah. They, I think they did more references to horror films than they did in Shaun of the Dead, honestly. Yeah. 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 It's it. Everybody should watch that film. more direct references. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if you're interested in Wicker Man and you like that movie and you want something that will continue that feeling going after, after, after that last scene with him and the Wicker Man, really pick up Hot Fuzz if you haven't seen it because it... it it's one of those comedy masterworks that kind of yes. like transcends genres, really. Because yeah, it's a comedy, but it's also an action film, and it's also a horror film, and it's also a thriller, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a little bit dramatic. It's got a bit of drama. Yeah, in there. yeah. It's I mean, it's got some nice dramatic scenes in it too. I mean, it's yeah. it's a great film. It's just all around a great film, and you should see it. And it, just ba- the yeah. genesis of it is Wick, Wick, Wicker Man. That film wouldn't exist without it. And I mean, there you could probably go scene by scene and say what scenes are directly taken from Wicker Man. But uh, just watch it instead. Don't listen to us talk about it. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. What are y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix. Unless you want us to talk about it. If you want us to talk about Hot Fuzz, I'll fucking talk about that shit forever. We'll do a fucking episode on Hot Fuzz. There won't be any, like, actual... There won't be any kind of actual research or anything. It's like, you remember that scene when that shit happened? Oh, that scene was fun. You remember the goose? I remember the goose! goose. (laughs) That was a swan. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah. Fuck, all right. Yeah. I have to fucking... Uh, I can't be involved in the conversation. You've disrespected the queen's animals. The, uh, The queen will be at your house to... Have Prince Philip drive into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what are some of our favorite moments of The Wicker Man? The 1973 one. The swords. Oh, the thing with the sword. hell oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that part good. is good. It's I really th- nerve wracking. I kept thinking, how did they not dislocate their shoulders trying to get into that fucking hexagram or whatever? You know what I mean? Because yeah. they, they pull their arms over each other's heads and stuff. I'm like, oh, God, my, my shoulders would just, br- like, break apart like Legos. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> You're using bad quality Legos. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that part's great. My favorite scene, it's kind of an extension of that, but my favorite scene is just the overall procession of him being very out of place in the fool's mask, and then even Christopher Lee being like, what are you doing? You need to act a little bit more, man. You're a fool. Be the fool. And he has no idea that they've... He doesn't know how to fun. Yeah, well, no, no, but he has no idea that they shepherded him, shepherded him into that role. Yeah, like everyone knows it's him. He thinks he's mm. pulling a little sneaky on him. Yeah, but they all know. They all know he's getting it. Like he just—it's so sad. And like I said, when we watched it, it's like a funeral dirge. It's not like a happy yeah. celebration. Mm, yes. They know they're about to go up to Burning Man, <laughs> literal Burning Man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Isaac and I had this theory that Burning Man is actually, they actually sacrificed somebody at Burning Man. Yeah. 
Honestly, the amount of people that die of like, exactly. <laughs> a Burning Man probably isn't wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just more ritual sacrifice, yeah. Burning Man. Um, yeah. My, I mean, we all of our favorite scenes kind of coincide with that ending part. Mm, yeah. Uh, my favorite scene is when he comes over the ridge and he finally sees the Wicker Man. It's the most uh, powerful scene. It's definitely. so powerful where he's just like, mm. "Oh Jesus Christ! Oh Lord!" Like I just, it's. I love it because it's just he. You see the fear. It's a fucking horrifying scene for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just like yeah. he's like, oh, that's my end. That's where I die. Oh. Yep. No happy times. Happy <laughs> <Any> death. <laughs> you have to think when they're talking about killing him that he's like, all right, they're gonna fucking guillotine me or they're yeah. gonna cut, chop my head off or something. You know what I mean? He's like, fuck it, yeah, just do it then, because he's really defiant and really. Yeah. He's already like, yeah, I'm a martyr. Fuck you guys. You you go to hell. And then he sees the Wicker Man. He's like, oh shit, I didn't think it'd be like this. Oh yeah. fuck, can I can I yeah. can I get out of here? Can we not do this? I didn't think it would be a real Wicker Man. Yeah. When you were saying uh, you you must keep your appointment with the Wicker Man, I thought that was like more lofty and like I thought it was an allegory for yeah. something. You know? <laughs> I think like you actually met a real Wicker Man. Especially when he's seen like you know the people with the swords and the pretend head cutting off. Oh, like he's yeah. probably thinking, oh, they'll do that to me. But yeah, exactly. He's Bernie he's Goodness. thinking that they're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is a nerve wracking scene with, with with them going through the swords. That is mm-hmm. like you put yourself in his position, and he's just like, oh fuck, oh jeez, oh fuck, I'd oh jeez. I shit myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. Do we have any final thoughts? Ghost piss. Like the the one thing that we that I think we found out that yeah, there is some research in and like deep diving you can do on this movie. But the best part about this movie is I feel like you don't need to. Yeah. Like you can take a lot of this stuff at face value and yeah. it's very apparent. There's not, like, there is some symbolism. Like, when he's going into the graveyard and she's, like, breastfeeding the baby with the egg. That's straight up, like, rebirth, springtime pagan symbolism. Yes. Yeah. But you don't need any of that. You just need the feeling of him being in, in this fish-out-of-water situation. And it's, it works. I think, that, I think the film works on so many levels uh, that it's you don't there's not a whole lot of explanation needed mm-hmm. yeah. uh, they do explain just enough for you to stay interested about they explain enough about pagan like the 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 uh the importance of the figures mm-hmm. in the in the parade and all that sort yeah, of stuff exactly. and, I love that and just like and and they kind of put it out there the the difference between uh christianity and their beliefs and their religion that it's you don't need a whole lot of explanation to really get into it you know yeah no it's it's a great film. It's fucking terrifying. And who doesn't love Christopher Lee? True yeah, that. That's true. I love Christopher Lee's voice. For sure. I mean, he has one of the best voices that's ever been put to film. You know what I mean? Like, he has one of the best, oh, like, yeah. tones and voiceover, like, qualities. Yes. Like, he can do anything, or he could do anything if he wanted to. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. The film is fantastic. All the performances are fantastic. Uh, I, it just works so well. Yep really does well i think that's all we have for this week uh of course as always uh we love you uh there <laughs> we're on a lot of social media still uh none of those got deleted uh <laughs> we, <laughs> we still have them yeah <laughs> uh, we're on facebook we're on facebook you just uh, search uh, podcast of the dead on facebook we have a page 
Uh, we're on Twitter at PC of the Dead. Uh, we're on Instagram at PC of the Dead. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which uh, we keep talking about doing tiers, but we're still not sure. We're waiting until we have more people contribute, and then we'll think about tiers, I think. Uh, of course, uh, always putting it out there. You contribute enough, and you can pick the, the porn that I watch. Uh, <laughs> I am dead serious about that. <laughs> I am dead serious about it. I'm going to live stream with my cat. <laughs> live streaming Chrissy's cat. How are you not already paying for this? Okay. Again, no, I'm gonna contribute a hundred of my own dollars to our own Patreon, so I can tell Zach to watch like erotic Thomas the Tank Engine fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> He's like, you don't need to pay me for that. Yeah. I do that I all my free time anyway. Free. You're winning it. <laughs> uh, but our, our Patreon is <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Podcast of the Dead. Uh, or is it PC of the Dead? Oh, I, was about, I was about to say, I thought it was I like think Patreon it's of the Dead, the dead. <laughs> but I guess that wouldn't make any sense. I think it is Podcast of the Dead. It might be PC of the Dead. I am not prepared. We're uh, confusing <laughs> everyone now. We should just you stop. Can, you can search us on Patreon. Yeah. There's a yeah. search bar. You just put in Podcast of the Dead. You find <laughs> us and you give us money and you can take porn for Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. I encourage it. I need new porn to watch. <laughs> But anyway, uh, we love you. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. We love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>